Thanks for tuning in. This is Giving and Gabbing, the podcast all about nonprofit fundraising success. Brought to you by GiveGab, the nonprofit giving platform. I'm Karen, and this is Jackie. Let's talk about giving. Today we have an exciting guest, Kate Lino, the founder and owner of Kate Communications. That's the letter K and the numeral 8 communications is here with us to talk about using communications to drive awareness and impact. For a little bit of background, Kate has over 20 years of experience in communications, including the national headquarters of the American Heart Association and managing a portfolio of more than 120 nonprofit accounts with the Charity Network. In her work at Kate Communications, she offers nonprofit consulting that's unique to each organization's needs. And she's here on our podcast, which is amazing. Thanks so much for chatting with us today, Kate. Could you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk about it. I love nonprofits and um, just love thinking about how to raise awareness and raise funds. Wonderful. So we want to, you know, pick your brain a little bit today, help our listeners who are typically administrators of nonprofits get some, you know, good ideas about their marketing and communication strategy. So one thing we take in mind here at GiveGab is some of the some of the administrators and nonprofits on our platform have a smaller budget. So we're wondering, um, you know, what are some ways that those nonprofits with smaller budgets can still make a marketing impact? That is such a good question, and um, it's one that I hear a lot. I work with you know nonprofits of all different sizes, and you know I came from a large, you know one of the largest nonprofits in in the country, um, and so I've you know myself had to kind of figure out how to scale, and it is totally scalable, and you can make an impact. The biggest thing I would say right now is um, content. I content is such um, an important piece of what. Uh, really any business whether for-profit or nonprofit, needs to be doing and there's so much you can do when you get good content and you can do it on not a, a large budget so that would be the number one thing I would say and I mean now the the technology is advanced so you can have really good quality pieces of content whether it's video or graphics. I mean, there's there's platforms that you can use that are pretty inexpensive or even sometimes free to be able to do that. And, you know, even just using a smartphone or an iPad to capture video content and then do editing on your own. Um, it's just a great way to really help show your organization's mission and really tell the stories that make your organization stand out. So that's probably the first thing. And I mean, those, those pieces of content, then what you want to think about is how you can repackage and repurpose those throughout the year. So it doesn't just have to be for a single campaign, but can you cut those pieces to shorter pieces that you could have on social media? You can use them for your email um, communications to either your donors or your board members. Um, I mean, there's just a, you can even use that to pitch media. Um, we just had just did an event last week for a nonprofit and did exactly that and got um, content placed. So there's um, just tons of, of opportunities. So that's the number one thing that I would say, and um, you know, and and I think it's very doable on, at any budget. The other thing that I'm really finding is. Um, you know, I think a lot of us bought into the, uh, so I think there's a certain 
digital marketing, of course. Um, but I think we've all sort of bought into like, that's all that we need to do and people will come. And I, I just don't think that that's, people are not seeing the, um, return for a lot of that type of digital, um, marketing. And I'm talking about like, um, paid digital ads. Um, I, I think people are, from my experience, I'm seeing folks have good results with, um, with social media boost and, and that sort of thing. But I think um, as far as like uh, digital display ads, I don't know that people are seeing like the click through rates and, and all of that to warrant the expense. Um, what I'm seeing is the most impact is, is really grassroots. And so it's really going to your donors, the people who care about your cause the most and using like leveraging them and their power um, whether it's through social media, their own connections, um, to really help you raise funds and, and awareness. Um, and I know that word of mouth, like whether you're a for-profit or non-profit, that has a highest return of any other type of marketing. And um, and I've seen it work. And, and so I would say definitely tap into the folks who are already champions for your cause. Um, and, you know, I know it's kind of a, kind of a gray line between know relationship building but also i think it does there is a you know certain marketing um to those those folks too so those are the two big things that i would say that um it really doesn't matter what the size is of your organization um i think those are two of the most effective ways to have a successful marketing campaign thanks so much that makes a lot of sense those are some really great insights that i think um especially the smaller nonprofits that uh, use our platform, um, that are looking for ways to, to get their, their message out there without, you know, necessarily paying for ads or something like that can really make use of those tips. When, as you were saying that, it kind of led me into one of our other thoughts, which was about where organizations should focus their marketing efforts and what they should avoid within that. Sure. And that's a great question too. You know, I think we're so inundated with, there's so many options for how you can market. And I mean, we're, we're marketed to all the times for ways, all the time for ways that we can market ourselves. Um, you know, I've seen it as a business owner too. I think it's really evaluating who you're trying to reach and, um, and, and not trying to be all things to all people and, and then looking at, well, what marketing tactics or what marketing channels make the most sense based on who I'm trying to reach. So for example, there's a number, I know, you know, people are on a lot of different social media platforms. And so it's really taking a hard look at, okay, are, are the people I'm trying to reach really on Twitter? And you have to weigh that against you know, what are your staff resources to be able to make that an engaging tool? What's been interesting, um, a couple of people who I follow, like in the business world, have said that because of all the new algorithms with Facebook and, you know, th those are not platforms that you own. Um, and so I'm taking some, um, some words from uh, Marie Forleo is a great person who I follow, but that's really, you know, one of her, the, the drums that she really beats is you don't own social media. You don't own that platform. The algorithm the algorithms are changing all the time. So it's really hard to stay up and know if like what you're doing is working. This kind of goes back to the grassroots marketing. 
the biggest tool that you have in your pocket for marketing is your email. And it's those folks who they've opted in to receive information about your organization. So I think having a really strong email and campaign is, is super important. Again, whether you're small or large, but I think, um, I, th- I think that would be my, my recommendation to really focus on that piece. And then another thing I'm going to continue to say, you're going to get tired of hearing me say this throughout <laughs> our conversation, but again, it's content. So I think there's just some, you know, like I said earlier, there's easy ways to develop content that is inexpensive and you can repurpose it. You can do blog posts. You can use that content in a lot of different ways throughout your, your marketing. Um, as far as avoid, I touched on this a little bit earlier. I, I think um, I would be wary if I were a smaller nonprofit um, and maybe not. I, I think a nonprofit that doesn't necessarily have a national reach. I would be careful about um, digital marketing. Um, again, I just, you know, and by that I mean paid, paid advertising on digital platforms. Um, I just, you know, I haven't seen the return. Maybe there's, I'm not a professional in that area, so maybe there's other folks who might disagree with me. But um, just for the, you know, the folks who I've worked with, that has not been as effective of driving donations or driving awareness as um, that grassroots and um, in kind of social marketing, social media marketing. Awesome. Thanks. No, that's super helpful. And I, I have recognized that some some of our administrators on the platform um, they want to use all of you know the social media options that are out there, and I um, I agree and see your point on how they should really think about you know who are they trying to reach and what are those folks on and um, what makes the most sense for them. So and I think that's much a much more doable strategy for mm-hmm. smaller organizations that don't have the capability to have you know a whole team working on their marketing efforts, they might just have one person who's manning all of that. So I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I mean, I've had, I've, you know, some of my clients, I've told them, I'm like, look, you're doing great on Facebook. You've got terrific engagement. Don't worry about the other platforms right now. Like build your, you know, we need to look at building your email list and, you know, engage people that way who've already, you know, it's it's just an extension of, of what you're doing and the people who, say, hey, I'm interested in your organization and I want to learn more. So, so yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, um, but I think it's hard, you know, it's hard to know because there is, there's so much and it seems like there's always a bright, shiny object. There's some new platform, you know, coming up and, you know, you feel that the, the FOMO or the fear of missing out. And, um, I think you just have, it goes back to knowing your audience and what your mission is and just being very clear on that and not worrying about, the other stuff, just being being certain of, of where you want to be in the market. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so thinking about how these organizations are, you know, they're approaching their year-end fundraising efforts, um, from your experience working with nonprofits and your general expertise, what would you say is the most common hurdle these organizations face with the promotional side of year-end fundraising? Um, I think time is the biggest thing. You know, it seems like you always know that it's coming up, and um, you know, it's like the year the year end 
you know, we know the holidays and the year end comes up every year and yet we're always sort of caught off guard by it. So I think it's really trying to map out um, a few months, you know, at least three months ahead of time. Okay, we know this is coming up. What do we want to do? What kind of um, messaging do we want to have? Are there specific graphics or assets that we want to create to, to help drive the year-end um, donation? So, you know, I think it's, I think a lot of times, I, I get it, I, you know, I've worked for a nonprofit and I know that you're always, um, so many times you're caught in the day-to-day and it's really hard sometimes to be um, forward thinking or um, being or be strategic and it's just it's so it's so important so that it isn't an afterthought yeah definitely I think that the end of the year just hap- always happens to just sneak up on us I know it did for me this year um, it just it doesn't even feel like December right now for some reason um, and I feel like I always right. say that right. <laughs> I was gonna say you know you think about even in our personal lives we know Chris, we know that the holidays come every single year and yet mm-hmm. <laughs> able to get it all done toward the end so it's kind of that same principle like you know I'm taking mental notes as I'm saying this because it's something I could probably um, (laughs) use in my personal life too just to be you know have more forethought and planning for us for that that end of year yeah absolutely that's that's so helpful just planning ahead is is the best policy in almost any situation but especially (laughs) for end of year and yeah, if the, if, what would you say if there was one marketing-related thing that every nonprofit should definitely make sure to do at the end of the year? What would that be? I would say, um, um, you know, I would say planning. I would say mm-hmm. think about 2020 and, you know, really if you can carve out some time um, in, you know, November, December to really – think about, okay, what are our goals, like from a fundraising perspective and awareness perspective, and then really look at how that, you know, what is our messaging, and and then make sure that your marketing and your communications plans are integrated so that everything you're doing is working, is coordinated and working together so you can see the, the largest impact. So, you know, whatever your messaging is, um, that's driving toward either a fundraising or an awareness goal. And that's, you know, kind of the drumbeat that you have throughout the year. So that would be my biggest, I mean, it's really, you know, kind of taking that time to take stock and, and figure out where you want to go um, for the next year. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. I think, too, um, it sounds like such a simple concept of, you know, everything that you're doing, your fundraising goals and your marketing strategies are all related and they're all working together towards that goal. But I think it's something that, you know, it's, it's easy to lose sight of that when, you know, you're trying to manage so many things and you kind of segre- like segregate these to-do lists and, and you don't really focus on it all working towards that one goal at the end. So I think that's a good point. Yeah. Definitely. And I do think, I mean, you ha- regardless of, you know, any kind of plan or strategy put together, I mean, there has to be flexibility because there's going to be opportunities that come up. You may have a donor who is like, I have X amount, you know, I'm hundred thousand dollars and I really want to do a program, you know, based on this. And then, you know, you have to pivot. So I think it's not being, um, mired down necessarily uh-huh. by a strategy or a plan, uh-huh. but I think if it's using that as a guide and then, um, and then, you know, kind of knowing when it's okay to, to 
to veer off when some of those opportunistic things come up. Right. What a great pivot. A hundred thousand, hundred thousand dollars. Right? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> hope, it, hope that happens to all of you listening right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Or more, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, great. So we also were wondering about, you know, what's the most unique marketing solution that you've provided to an organization that you've worked with? So this is one that we're just wrapping up this week. It's a little bit heavier on like the media relations communication side, um, but I'll share it because I do think there's some ways had we had more time to plan that we could have used, we could have leveraged this a little bit better for end of year giving or, um, you know, around the holidays. So the Heart Association, um, I now do consultant work for them. So that's a great spot to be in. Is <laughs> um, So they came to me about a month or so ago and said, we have some extra money from this sponsorship and um, we want to do some kind of activation around December. And do you have any ideas? So I was like, well, um, and so the, the program that was, this is around their handling CPR program. So they have these kiosks, which are like machines that have a CPR mannequin on top in like 16 airports. And so when you're waiting for your air, your airplane, your flight, you can use the mannequin and um, it gives you like immediate feedback to tell you if you're pushing too hard or you're pushing too slow. So I was like, and then they also have this, these CPR kits. They're like these boxes, these kits that um, you can take home and it's got a DVD. Anyway, so I was like, well, could we use, could we distribute those kits and could we do them like in the airports because there's going to be a lot of holiday travelers and could we get like the airport firefighters to be like hand them out and then could we have Santa show up? So they were like, yes, love it. So um, <laughs> we, it's been fast and furious for the last few weeks, but I'll say this, the big piece of this has been a content strategy. So we selected three locations um, across the U.S. for airports in um, Baltimore, Orlando, and Indianapolis. We had a video crew at each airport, and so then we had B-roll created, um, which is just like kind of shows the ambiance of the of the event. And then we had um, quick interviews, little sound bites from some of the key folks. And then we shot that off to the local media stations, and then we also pitched it nationally. Um, USA Today picked up the story um, yesterday, and they took the footage that we created, and they created their own video that is, um, it went out on USA Today yesterday, and then it's been um, picked up. USA Today is owned by Gannett, and so all the Gannett newspapers in the network, I think there was like 26 that picked up the story, uh, or picked up the video. So, um, so I know that's kind of on a large scale, but I do think it's totally scalable in a couple ways. So one is, again, it goes back to content. So, um, and, and let me back up. So AHA is also, they're doing promoted posts for um, LinkedIn and on Facebook with the video because um, they're creating their own video from that content. And then what's interesting is the sponsor, um, their contract ends at the end of this month. And so I think it's a great way to kind of show, hey, this is what we've done. Like we did this great, know last minute kind of push for you all but it also could be used to um to promote for potential sponsors so even though it's not necessarily a an individual like a, a way to or 
it and use it as a way to get individual donations. Um, it's a tool that they can use for like corporate sponsorships. Um, and some of those, you know, those a lot of times are, are bigger dollar, or it could even be, you know, you could use that same video to say, hey, this is what we've done. You know, we'd love to expand this in some other ways to potential um, like major gifts. So I think um, there's lots, again, it goes back to that content. And then, I mean, the fact that the media picked it up and ran with it, I mean, that's just a, you know, the cherry on top. So, um, so to me, that was, you know, that's a more recent, most recent example of, of a successful campaign. Um, you know, again, like I said, it doesn't necessarily um, tie back directly to individual giving, but I think it could. I think you could scale that. And I think you could look at doing something like that in, not the Santa per se, but um, some kind of experiential thing in, um, you know, your particular market that is really visual, that means, you know, you could get some good content um, that's potentially media draw. That's maybe even like a give back to the community and then use that video content to, um, you know, ask for donations or um, as part of your email campaign. Yeah, that's awesome. I think, um, I don't know, anytime that you can get the press involved is just, like, things just escalate from there. I love that that story. Um, and we do have, yeah, so we do have some time, so we would love to open it up to you if you have any other uh, success stories or any other information that you would like to share today. No, I just, I mean, I appreciate the, um, the opportunity and, um, you know, it's... Please, like, if anybody has questions, feel free to email me. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn. But, yeah, I, um, I love a brainstorm. And um, I, like I said at the beginning of, of the introduction, I am super passionate about helping nonprofits. I love nonprofit work. I feel like it's my calling. And, you know, any time that I can help merge awareness and fundraising, it's just, it's really, um, I really get a lot of joy out of that. So, so thank you. That's amazing. No, we're really we're really appreciative that you um, could join us today too. I feel like we learned a lot, and um, it's just great getting your insight and expertise around all of this. Um, so thank you again for joining us. Um, and as you said, that you'd like someone to you know if, if people have questions to reach out via email, we can put your email address in you know the description right below the pod so people can have access to that. And also for those listening, be sure to check out Kate's blog on GiveGab called Six Steps to Building Your Year-End Fundraising Campaign because um, there's some great content in there too.